wonderful friends, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Nick Rita, your host, and thank you for uh, tuning in uh, today. It's our pleasure to welcome you to the program, and uh, it's towards the end of the week, and uh, things are, um, you know, improving a little bit here. We have sun coming up today. We haven't seen the sun for a while, but that's good, and you know, it's giving you different vibes, you know, when um, things are uh, looking better even out in the weather there, but we have line up of program, a beautiful program for you today. Please stay with us for the whole hour. You know that you can be part of this program by sending a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. You may want to share with us uh, a thought or may have a question in regard to the topic which we are going to discuss. Write down this number because we'll come later on also with the offer which we have prepared for you today. Right now, I'd like to welcome in the studio here Tracy Papandreou. Tracy is our co-host uh, on Fridays, and it's good to have you with us, Tracy. Thanks, Nick, and hi to all the listeners. And also, it's good to have David Elima from Family Voice Australia in the studio today. Yes, lovely to be with you in person, Nick and Tracy. And, uh, yeah, David, I know you are on the road a lot, uh, and um, we were just talking before uh, we went on air that uh, uh, Tracy said, I, I heard uh, David somewhere, uh, he was doing a program on uh, another station or, or, or on TV, TV channel. Yes, and yes, ABC TV on mm, Monday evening. Mm. I was interviewed for an hour, but they trimmed that down to 60 seconds, so... I'm not sure what's happened to the 15 minutes of fame that Andy Warhol predicted. Uh, I've only got 60 seconds. <laughs> you might that, have to work on that a little bit harder, David. <laughs> that's how it works, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, some other programs and channels. You know, we give you much more than that. You do, and I greatly appreciate it, Nick. <laughs> it's very good to have you with us, David, and we enjoy your um, input uh, to this program. Now, guys, uh, you know, we looked at this um, kind of uh, theme, uh, um, lessons from uh, roads, all Christians walk. And we discussed already some of the questions like um, the road to Calvary. How essential is it? Why is the road to Emmaus so difficult? How essential is the road to Damascus? Another question was asked uh, during the week. And uh, I have to say this to our listener uh, today. We had a question which we could not address. The question was, what does the road to Jericho say to the contemporary Christian? Now, we may, um, I may throw this one even to, to my co-host today. And if, um, you guys, you have a thought on, uh, this one, we may share on that. The reason I'm saying that we were not able to ask this question or talk around this question because of some technical issues or uh, something happened. We, we didn't broadcast, uh, uh yesterday <laughs> and we could not address this question and we, profoundly uh, apologize you know for uh, that inconvenience if you 
tune in uh, um, the other day and you just heard maybe the robot going on for a while and telling you that we'll come back on air. Uh, that didn't happen. And uh, we apologize for that again. And I'm sure that you'll understand. And uh, yeah, but if you have a, a question or if you've been disappointed, Again, you have this platform. You can send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Also, today we are going to look at this question: Why does Christ speak of two roads or two ways? We'll uh, deal with that just a little bit uh, later. But uh, let's let's see. Just um, um, you know, to stir up a little bit this uh, question: uh, What does the road to Jericho say to the contemporary Christian? Any thoughts, David, maybe? Well, a very important question. Of course, this relates to the parable of the Good Samaritan, Mm -hmm. where we see Jesus answering a question by telling a story. He'd love to do that. We don't do that very much today. It's not really part of our culture, but it's Mm. a very, very good way of getting a message across. And uh, the... The question was raised by the by a lawyer who wanted to justify himself, we read. And he, he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? By the way, Jesus answered that question, the same question, in two totally different ways mm. because his answer is tailored to the individual. So the lawyer asks him the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And uh, Jesus then has a dialogue with him and he says, oh, I've kept all these commands uh, and so on. And then uh, Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. He, In response to the question, who is my neighbor? Mm. Because loving God and loving our neighbor are very key matters. Who is my neighbor? The lawyer asked. Jesus tells the story. And there's a fellow on his way down to Jericho and he's beaten up and uh, robbed and stripped and left half half for dead. Mm. And different religious people come past and none of them take any pity. But then along comes a hated Samaritan. And Jesus is telling this because he was able to look into the heart of the lawyer and know that this fellow hated the Samaritans. So what does that mean for loving his neighbor? So the the good Samaritan, could there be such a thing? He, out of his own uh, pocket, he pays for this fellow to be looked after at the inn, uh, giving no thought to his own safety. He helps the fellow uh, get to safety. And then he even says, look, uh, here's some money. Look after the fellow here at the inn. And if there's any further expense, and, and obviously there would mm. be. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, once, once you write a blank check, <laughs> expect it to be filled out to the max. So uh, incredible, incredible generosity. He also had a credit rating, which is a footnote to the story. But then he goes off and, and says, look, I'll come back and pay you any further money. So a wonderful act of charity, even though the Levite passed by on the other side, the priest passed by on the other side, and these so-called religious people passed by. Uh, So who was the neighbor, Jesus Mm, asked. mm. And the fellow couldn't bring himself to say the Samaritan, which is the answer. He said the one who had mercy on him. He he hated the Samaritan so much he couldn't even use the word Samaritan in a positive Mm, context. Interesting. So Jesus says, well, you go and do the same. So that's the long answer to your short question, Nick, Mm -hmm. is that we need to learn to love our neighbor, even if it's someone that is really a a traditional enemy, we might say. 
Uh, Abraham Lincoln famously said, do, do I not destroy my enemies when I make them my friends? Mm. Look, uh, that question uh, indeed was... Um um, set up to take an hour, you know, uh, David, and we can talk uh, quite a bit on that one. But what caught my attention is that those two people, you know, the Levite and the, the, the priest and the Levite, they were actually in their role to look after the needy. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. it was in their role. And it's amazing, you know, how hypocrisy can, uh, you know, uh, creep in. And I wonder today, you know, those people who are um, pretending, put it this way, you know, to um, to be in that position if they uh, have a, a blind eye too, oh, yeah. you know. And another thing is that maybe in those days, there are not too many roads to Jericho, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, yes. uh, and uh, this man was on that road, you cannot avoid it. Mm. Now, today, we have many ways which sure. we can take. You know, people just can cross the road on the other side when they see somebody in need or just uh, pretending that, oh, just uh, my phone rang and uh, getting busy to, instead of helping somebody which is in need and uh, all those things. You know, we can make excuses and not even feel guilty. Because I think we can all be blind mm. in different areas. Oh, yes. I think it's something that we continually have to be praying about that God, you know, takes the scales off our eyes in our own self-analysis. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's so true, so true. And it's been said famously that we love Jesus as much as the person that we love least. Mm. Mm. Interesting. We love yeah. Jesus as much as we love the person that we love least. But why? Because he stands in the place of the least. But it's all about making it real, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's not enough to just wear a label of Christian. Yeah. You know, um, it has to become a lot more than that mm. because I think it's um, those who have simply worn the label mm-hmm. and not much more that has done a lot of damage for the name of Christianity mm. uh, in the past. Indeed. But also... It to raise another um, sub question here in, in the place like Australia, where um, we're saying that we are so well off, you know, and uh, even uh, through the system, you know, social security and all those things. I heard myself so many people saying that we should not uh encourage or should, we should not even take care of the people who may go through difficult times let's say some people may use drugs some people may have um, you know may sleep on the street for something like that. and i heard about a lot that in this country you should not do that because you don't need to do that you have uh, provided things what you need is that the case what what would you like to say on on i think we have to be very careful with our legislation that we don't encourage that kind of stuff that's not helping people like Mm -hmm. drug taking and all Mm -hmm. of that kind of thing but we also have to understand that people can can go astray and and get themselves in all kinds of trouble and uh you know we need to be wise about um helping people Mm. you know we have an obligation to help but i also think we have to be wise in how we Mm. do that as well exactly Mm. yes Mm. well this raises the question about the two ways the broad way and the narrow way the the broad way is basically to uh, free up all legislation and say that's fine take whatever you want do whatever Mm. you want with your life Mm. my body my rights etc but we've not done that in australia we've adopted 
a, a narrow and wise way, which is to criminalise many activities, mm-hmm. including the taking of harmful drugs. Mm-hmm. But that, of course, is not the solution uh, of itself. It's part of the solution, the law having an inherently educative function. But the real solution is to have laws which are backed up by loving action and almost everyone who lives on the street and almost everyone who takes drugs does so because there's dysfunction mm. in their background and that really means that we need to try to help them through and we might say, uh, look, okay, uh, to a homeless person, uh, here's a shelter for you to go and stay at and they might say, no, I'm fine, I'm happy to stay on the street. Mm. Well, they say that but in truth they in fact have been damaged in some way And it would be a mistake for us to simply say, well, uh, okay, you've made your choice and we we accept that because uh, Jesus said, go and make them come in. And he's really at that point saying that we should not take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we should strive. The scripture says that God's spirit strives with men and... uh, he he's persisting in his sharing of grace and goodness with all of humanity because he's not willing for anyone to perish. So it's no good us saying, "Oh, fine, uh, you know, as you make your bed, so you lie in it." Uh, and if you don't want any help, that's fine. Well, no, it isn't fine, and we've got to make them come in. Jesus said, "So we have to make it appealing, don't we?" You well, know, we're told to make the yeah. gospel attractive, mm-hmm. yes. without weakening it, which is going down the broad, the broad-minded pathway. And unfortunately, we have a gospel message now shared by so many Christians, which is so wide. And I refer again to the story of the of the racist lawyer who asked the question, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" Uh, he he got an, a no a no from Jesus. He, he got a rejection, and the rich young ruler similarly was sent away sad. Mm. Uh, there's got to be room in our theology to disappoint people because we are precise about right and wrong. That's the narrow way that we need today. Mm. Mm. That's so nicely put, uh, David. And as I said, we can go on and on on that question, uh, David and Tracy, and uh, uh, we can spend a bit of time. But uh, we'll come to the question which we'll have um, for today. Why does Christ speak of uh, to Roads, mm-hmm. and David just uh, alluded to that. We'll unpack that a little bit more. But right now, um, it's time to take a short break, and um, I would like to uh, give you the book uh, which we have uh, prepared for you today. But just before that, uh, just um, a little uh, plug here. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And we are so grateful to the support of Adventist World Radio. They're doing an amazing uh, work all around the world, even in places where you cannot talk about uh, Christianity, but the waves go there and it's an amazing thing. Praise God for that. Now, while we were just talking here in the studio, another fellow joined us uh, here and I may just ask him to do a little job for us. And this is my son, Alan, joining us. It's good to have you with us in the studio, Alan. Thank you. It's good to be here. Now, some of our listeners may recognize your voice, Alan, because you are quite often on uh, some other programs, you know, uh, the the one which I do in the footsteps of Jesus and also give me the Bible. You introduced that program and your voice is quite uh, recognized there. And um, yeah, maybe people will 
pick that up. But I would like to actually share with us today the book uh, which we have um, for today. Now, I may say that name because I learned how to say correct. How would you say that name, by the way? Um, Alejandro Boulon. Okay, I will say it uh, because this is from uh, somebody who speaks Spanish and says it's Alejandro Bouillon. But here we go. Uh, it was pretty close. Yes, he was not far. <laughs> and what book is that, Alan, which we offer? Um, the book's called Sharing is Every. Sorry, Sharing Jesus is Everything. Can you uh, just tell us just a little bit in few words what's uh, that book all about? Sure. In this small book with a big impact, you will learn the real reasons behind the calling of every Christian to share his or her faith. Alejandro Bouillon recovers an ancient biblical method of spiritual growth so that every believer can apply it in his or her own life. And you will discover the true benefit of outreach for yourself and your church. Beautiful, my dear friend. Uh, if you like this book, uh, you just need to send us a text message with the code SA79. And uh, the book is yours. You know by now that uh, you don't need to send any other words, just that code SA79, no uh, space in between, not to confuse our friend, friendly robot, which may ask you a couple of uh, questions. And uh, again, the book is, uh, how is titled, Alan? Sharing Jesus is Everything. Wonderful book. And that goes along with uh, what we have uh, asked in few questions this week. And also today, why does Christ speak of two roads? My dear friend, send that uh, text message to 4 The code is SA79. All right, guys, let's uh, come uh, to the question which we have uh, for today. And um, uh, Tracy, I may come uh, to you. We've, we've been talked, uh, we've been talked uh, about uh, a lot of roads this uh, week, as I mentioned a bit earlier. Uh, what did Christ have to say about uh, these two roads? Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty um, clear. Um, And what I wanted to bring out was something he had to say in Matthew 7, 13 to 14, where he talks about the two ways. He says, uh, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is a gate and broad is a way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So he talks about the fact that You know, it's free will. It's a choice that we have to make about whether we will follow, whether we will walk the path that he directs us to walk um, or not. Mm. He's not forcing us. Um, Just as with Adam and Eve, you know, there was a choice and there is a choice and, and it's his love that, you know, tells us, hey, you know, this path is going to lead to bad things, this path is going to lead to good things. I suggest mm. you choose life. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're told he, he, he doesn't actually hide anything from us. We're told it's going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. So he, he, he puts all the cards on the table for us. Um, and sadly, we're told that few find it as well mm. you know which is um which kind of um really um challenges 
those ideas that some people have, you know, yeah, yeah, I love, I love God, so I'm in. Yeah, you know, um, there's a little bit more to it than that. Not, not that we are completely saved by grace, mm. but the Bible talks about the fact that having been saved, you know, our our life will be transformed. The Holy Spirit will be transforming us. Yes. And again, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's about our uh, relationship with Jesus actually making a difference, making it real in our lives, mm. making it um, be a part of us rather than just a label that's stuck on us. Mm. It's interesting that when we talk about these two ways, uh, uh, one is a uh, wider, one is a uh, narrow, and by um, just tendency, uh, people like to take the wider one, you know, easy to go the freeway, take the freeway. Um, myself, uh, when I was a child growing up uh, in the country, you know, the farm, I always like to take uh, narrow ways behind the things, you know, always. And why was that? Well, look, I don't know. I was exploring uh, lots of things, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, I, it was for me boring just to go on the main road. And probably... You may- wanted to make your own path. Maybe a lesson here yeah. that, uh, uh, you know, for the kingdom of God, you know, the narrow way it's uh, it's special, you know. You may l- need to leave behind certain things which you cannot take with you. You may struggle to um, go over certain things, you know. And I I I think we should consider that not to go easy going, mate. You know, just take it easy and uh, uh, enjoy life and uh, so on and so forth. You know. Yeah, I, I thought it's a very good lesson here. Let me just um, uh, ask this, uh, Tracy. Why do you think that uh, some people might not choose the right path? It seems like a no-brainer when you actually read, you know, mm. that that scripture that I I just read. You know, it's kind of like, well, why would you, why would you choose destruction? But you know, you just talked a moment ago about the fact that you know. Um, there might be things that we have to leave behind, etc. And we're told um, Jesus is 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 right up front about it that it's actually not an easy thing. Mm. I want to actually refer back to um, one of the parables that Jesus gave about the different types of seed, mm. and maybe that will give us some um, uh, some answers here. So in Luke eight five to eight. Uh, Jesus is saying, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. So we see there, you know, he he goes on further, and he actually explains that parable uh, further in in Luke, and he talks about the fact that the seed in that parable is the word of God. Mm. So the word of God is being sown in the lives in lives of all different kinds of people who have different hearts, if you like, uh, different preparations, if you like. And he talks about the fact that there's one category of people where um, 
they'll hear the word, but then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. He talks about the seed falling on rock, and he talks about when he explains it, that um, these are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but they've got no root. And so they fall away as soon as there's any temptation, as soon as there's any difficulty. He talks about the fact that there's the seed that falls amongst thorns Mm. and they hear the word too, but they can't quite take it on board because they're choked with the cares and all of, all of the luxuries, all of the things of of this world that um, mean that they can't focus Mm. on those things. And there's only one group that actually takes it on board and having heard the word with a noble and good heart, they keep it and they bear fruit with patience. So I think unfortunately we see that many um, many are not in good soil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Many are in conditions that, you know, when they hear the word, it, it can't take root. It can't actually uh, begin to bring fruit mm. um, because they're, they're not really uh, prepared right. They're not in the right soil, if you like. Yes. Um, so I think, you know, we should be aware that our world in itself puts us in a situation. It puts us in a challenging situation. We almost have to. It's like um, I, I say, you know, it, it's... It's almost like it's not just putting the brakes on so the world doesn't push you in in the direction that it's going, mm. you know, in all the the the, the ways that are, are, are so much away from what God would want from us. We almost have to put it in, put ourselves in reverse mm-hmm. to stop ourselves being caught up in all yeah. of that, you know. So I would say. Unfortunately, the natural the natural way for us is to get caught up in all of the world's ways, and it's almost a peculiar peculiar thing mm-hmm. for us to be able yeah. to, um, you know, take hold of God's word and 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 bear fruit from mm. it. Our hearts Absolute, have to be right. Yeah, absolutely right. And again, this uh, you know this beautiful parable um, resonates so much in my ear because uh, I grew up at the farm and I know what, exactly what it is to sow things, to expect a crop, to do the work uh, which you need to do. And by the way, uh, we may have that um, mentality that, okay, if the seed fall on into the... Um, uh, thorns, for example, there, that's it, it's gone, you know, that we may have that mentality, but I can tell you that as I was a farmer and uh, sometime I could see the the plant coming up there and I start to work around the plant and take away all those uh, thorns there, you know, and make that plant grow, mm, mm. you know, this is very interesting because we can be very judgmental and say, okay, yeah, you know what, they have uh, hardened harden their heart, some, uh, they're not interested, some uh, life, it's caught them in a wrong direction and so on and so forth. Actually, it matters a lot. Of each one of us, how we relate to everyone. David. Yes, uh, this is true. To continue that agricultural metaphor for a moment, Jesus spoke about the looming axe on the tree and said, no, let's uh, give it some digging and let's fertilize it and then we'll see how it goes for another mm. year. So the mercy of God is there 
and that relates to the way in which we also must be tender-hearted and merciful to those that we are seeking to influence mm. because of the negative things which have predisposed them towards hardness. Uh, there are many people out there who have hard hearts, but God is in the business of softening the heart. He wants to give each one of us the heart of flesh to replace the heart of stone. So that God mm. is in the business of doing that, and we must be also. Mm. Beautiful. Alan, do you have any thoughts in this regard, on this parable? I do have one thought. It does mention a farmer, but it's more in the context about the second coming. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like me to read the verse? Sure. It says in James chapter 5, verse 7, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it, until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. That's a beautiful passage, Alan, there, and uh, that really enriches the the discussion we have here on this question, why does Christ speak? of two roads. Now, um, again, yes, we are um, fast becoming a non-Christian country. So it's not easy to stand on uh, uh, and and live um, your life in a way that um, contradicts the way the world wants you to live. I mean, what is your... uh, opinion on this, uh, Tracy? I mean, uh, I mean, you've been born in this country, did you? Yeah, I was born yes. in this country, yeah. And you yeah. know uh, the mentality, you know, and David, uh, you too. Now, um, and Alan, uh, myself, uh, I'm just uh, arrived here, you know, and uh, 20 years ago, and seems like yesterday, and I still don't understand many things uh, here. But yeah, what would you like to say in this regard, that this uh, country which once uh, used to call themselves, you know, following God, uh, 90-something percent of the people in this country, they will uh, call themselves Christians or protest, protest, Protestants. <laughs> mm. Well, we saw earlier this year the results of um, the census, which for the first time showed that we were in the minority as as Christians. Um, so, so yeah, we can factually say, you know, as fast becoming a non-Christian country. But I think, um, and I think, you know, it's it's ha- hard to stand for something if you're not one hundred one hundred percent convinced. About it, so I think it's very important. If people, you know, have questions, they're not, you know, really convinced that this is a truth. Mm. Then, you know, um, they really need to spend time and and work out what they believe. Because I think um, it's when you get into difficulties that. You really have to stand for something. So I'm no longer married because my ex-husband gave me an ultimatum. It's Mm. God or me, Tracy, Mm. you decide. And it was only because I was completely convinced that what I knew was correct that I was able to stand for that. It was an unfortunate situation. Was that for you a bit more like a narrow road now? Becoming a narrow road? Because, uh, you know, it, it... you could not take uh, further, you know, the things we you want. You want, you know, a fail, a failing uh, relationship. That's a big thing in life. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, here I am. I've found God, and I think it's all wonderful, and Praise I God. love my um, 
atheist husband to to find him as well, as, although I wasn't p- pushy or anything. Mm. But the very fact that, well, you know what it's like when you're married. You know, it's a union, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, sometimes uh, dark doesn't like light around it, right. you know. And, and so, you know, that, w- that was my situation. But I'm sure if I wasn't completely born again, sold out for God, all of that kind of thing, that it would have been a very, very different situation because that's, you know, it's those tough things and lots of people have been through tough kind of situations where they have had to stand for what they believe. And I truly believe that as time goes on, we will have more of those kinds of situations where we have to stand and be prepared to, in love, speak out about what we believe is the truth. And I think we need to really um, ensure that we understand what we, we believe in. I don't think when 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 um, the world is more and more moving away from God, I don't think you can stand in difficult situations unless you are fully convinced, you know, but... You know, we were talking earlier about the different seeds and different hearts and all of that kind of thing. You know, I I would like to add, you know, God is going to chase everyone down through the Holy Spirit. We we know that because in Matthew 24, 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So the end is not coming until everybody has had a chance, everyone has heard the word, Everyone has made their decision, Mm. but everyone has to make a decision. There's no sitting on the fence, and this is what Jesus was about. There's two roads, and you must choose the one that leads to me and eternity, and he's telling people it's not going to be easy. Mm. And, you know, uh, you might find that some of your good friends will not choose to take that path. And it might mean that you'll be unpopular and things will be a bit difficult, um, but still choose life. Yes. You know, so. I'm thinking of a passage in the Bible which doesn't come to my mind now, but uh, maybe David or Alan, if you, if you know where it is or if you find that it, it's, um, it says that, you know, the Holy Spirit is actually um, waiting for each one of us. It's, it's like crying, you know, that's that sort of wording there, but I can't think of, uh, rightly that. He cries for each one of us that we may accept uh, Jesus. You know, he'll, he's trying to, to reach out to us. Mm. And uh, mm. while you mention uh, that, that's so, so true. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's always, it's always been like this. When I was looking into, um, the Bible preparing for, uh, this program, um, uh, the Holy Spirit brought to my mind and I looked up Joshua twenty four fifteen, where um, he was actually exhorting the um, community there and he said, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. So he's saying, you know, make a decision, you know, one or the other, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So, you know, this thing of having to take a stand and having to choose is not is not new. Different people have, have been challenged in different ways mm. along the way. Um, 
but in some ways, actually, a challenge can be a gift as well because it forces you yes. to actually really search within yourself as to what you actually believe. Do you actually believe mm. all of this that you say? Mm. You know, that's a very important point because another um, example comes in my mind when uh, Elijah is challenging the people of Israel. You know, uh, for how long will you? Uh, sit on two opinions. I mean, choose one or the other. I mean, uh, uh, and God is offering us alternatives. You know, God says in other parts in the Bible, uh, man, I put before you life and death, uh, you know, good and bad, this and that. Choose. And we have been given this amazing opportunity through the free choice to choose life. My dear friend, listening today, you may need to choose certain things. You may need to um, to be more intentional in uh, regard to your life, the direction uh, you want to go. Um, yeah, David, do you have a thought on this? Yes, indeed. Uh, those words of Jesus, they perhaps should be reiterated. Enter through the narrow gates, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So, Nick, you've mentioned those priests of Baal who spent all day invoking the deity and cutting themselves and begging and pleading and nothing happened. They ended up dead. So Mm. we're talking about a life and death choice. And though the choice was given to them, look carefully at the words of Jesus here because he is in fact giving a command as to which one to go through. He says, enter through the narrow gate. That's the Lord's command. It's, it's the Lord's word to all of our listeners and to us here around this table. Enter through the narrow gate. Now, if this means that we're to be painted and branded as narrow-minded people, well, so be it. Mm. There was mm. a letter in the advertiser yesterday from a correspondent saying, uh, I'm so puzzled why these independent schools call themselves Christian when Jesus was so inclusive, you know, and he loved everyone no matter what their background, blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, and I do hope, the correspondent said, I do hope that the school uniform of these Christian schools is not made of two fabrics because that would contravene uh, Leviticus 19 verse 19 where it says uh, that, that we shouldn't wear two fa- two fabrics. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear, how, how these Christians cherry pick was the uh, was the comment well of course one verse uh, before leviticus 19:19 is leviticus 19:18 which says love thy neighbor as thyself which presumably the correspondent doesn't have any difficulty with so who's cherry picking yes the, the point is that uh, jesus accepted all of the old testament now yes we need to carefully discern what aspects of it are directly applicable today or whether there's a moral teaching that might apply. And I think that's the case with the, with those mixed fabrics. Yeah. But uh, the point is that Christians are being branded as narrow-minded. Well, Jesus was a very narrow-minded fellow when you look at it because he sent people away sad. He was precise about wrong. He upheld all of the of the Old Testament. He said, not one jot or tittle will disappear. 
So he took the scriptures very seriously, and they are very, very strong. But the New Testament is probably even stronger on some of these moral issues. So it's not just those who take seriously the Old Testament who are in trouble. It's all of us because we take seriously both Old Mm. and New Testament. And if it means we're to be branded and painted as narrow-minded, well, sadly, that's the reality. Yeah, that's so true. And much of the New Testament is just a reiteration of of things in the Old Testament anyway. Yeah. Hey, guys, we're taking a break here. Right now we have a song prepared for you. But just before we do that, I would like Alan to just mention again uh, the offer which we have for today. And thank you, those of you who already require that. Uh, Thank you, Marge. And uh, uh, who else we have here? Christina. And by the way, Marge, don't worry about if you put the wrong number there, but you correct it. And you know the book comes to you if things happen don't give up guys just do the go in the right way (laughs) what's the book alan we have prepared for today yes the book is entitled sharing jesus is everything by alejandro bouillon and it's in this uh, small book with a big impact you'll learn the real reasons behind the calling of every christian to share his or her faith Alejandro Bouillon recovers an ancient biblical method of spiritual growth so that every believer can apply it in his or her own life. And you'll discover the true benefit of outreach for yourself and for your church. Beautiful. You need to send us a text message with the code SA79 to 04888-80811. But right now, a song by uh, Daryl Sawyer, a Christian. Could I be called a Christian if everybody knew my secret thoughts and feelings and everything I do? Could they see the likeness of Christ in me each day? Could they hear His gentle voice in every word I say? Christian, if everyone would know the places that I go to, would Jesus tell them so? Could they hear his echo in every song I sing? In my life is Jesus being seen in everything. To live for Christ each day But wanting isn't quite enough When trouble comes my way Two roads are before me But only one will do Jesus walks the narrow road I will walk Called a Christian, if judged by what I read, by all my recreations and every thought and deed, could I be counted Christ-like as I now work and play, selfless and forgiving to others every
Christian to live for Christ each day. But wanting isn't quite enough when trouble comes my way. Two roads are before me, but only one will do. Jesus walks the narrow This is Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and in studio with us uh, have a bunch of people here like Tracy Papandreou, uh, our co-host, regular co-host and David Delima from Family Voice Australia. Also, Alan joining us uh, today um, and it's very good to have you all uh, here in the studio. We are talking about uh, a beautiful uh, question. Uh, why does Christ speak of two roads? Just before the break, we were uh, talking about uh, um, how important it is to choose and to uh, to understand that God wants uh, all the best for us. And again, just before the break, we were thinking, um, I was thinking of a passage in the Bible which talks about the Holy Spirit. And Tracy was just mentioning about uh, the importance of and the role of the Holy Spirit. Alan, I think you find the passages in Romans. Can you share with us uh, Yes, it's found in Romans chapter 8, verses 26, and it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Which means we just need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life because uh, um, we are not on our own here. Mm. Uh, God put it our disposition, if you like, you know, the whole hosts of heaven, angels and, you know, the Holy Spirit, which is uh, uh, the third uh, person of the Godhead. And I think this is very important to realize that. David? Yes, very much so, Nick. And uh, thank God for his Holy Spirit who enables us to walk in the right way mm. because Jesus says that we should enter the narrow way. Now, he also said the flesh is willing, uh, the, spirit, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So uh, we, we do need need help and we need the holy spirit to commune with our spirit and that's mm. the passage really that you've been referring yeah. to in romans so thank god that he himself does the equipping to enable us to respond uh, the ability to respond in faith is itself a gift from god mm. not of yourselves the beautiful paul says writing to the ephesians so i want to reassure the listeners that uh, we sh- we should none of us feel oh this is all too hard forget the whole thing no because none of us are worthy by our own works mm-hmm. to do anything uh, the the gift of salvation is a free gift and it's for everyone and so we just need to receive that gift. By taking it seriously, we then have responsibilities, of course. Yes. But the gift itself is a free one, and mm-hmm. the ability for us to respond in faith is a free gift which all of us can receive if we simply ask for it. Praise God. My dear friend, listening today, if you have a question or a comment, uh, don't hesitate. Send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and we'll be very happy to share that. Perhaps sometimes uh, people are discouraged because they have a wrong uh, perception. 
that once they make a decision to follow God, they will have an easy life with no struggles. What do you think about that, Tracy? Well, I think, you know, sometimes people do, you know, they, they might, and again, this is, they may take on, on the word, they may take it in and they kind of think, oh, this is, this is just going to make my life wonderful. And, and the first time they have a, a really, a, you know, a crisis in, in their life, it's kind of like, well, what's going on? Here, God, you know, mm. why, why would you allow this? You know, it's, it's, um, you know, we, we can't, we can't, um, ignore the fact that, um, bad things still can happen to good, good people. And we live in a, a, a world where sin is present. And the more men turn from God, the more they open themselves to the inclination of the devil and the devil using them to hurt others and to, to do the wrong thing. But, um, we also need to be very aware of the fact of, of, of this conflict that's going on. I think of in Ephesians 6.12 where it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we almost need to expect that it's part of our life that there's going to be difficulties mm. you know but we're also told uh, in philippians 4 6 to 7 be anxious for nothing Beautiful. but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through christ jesus and we need to communicate with god we cannot just uh, you know presume there or stay in our own uh, square there let's talk to god uh, because god invited us come and reason yes and look you know we don't have the answers for everything and some things are really hard to understand because you know i work on the basis that god is more powerful than the evil one. If something, if, if, if I am as far as I know trying to follow the word and do the right thing and follow the counsel and something still negative will hits my life, then personally I say, well, there must be something in this, some good that will come of it, something either mm. for me or others that I might not be able to see now, but God can. And so that's why he's allowing it. Yeah. You know, I also think about the, the words of encouragement that Moses gave to Joshua, be strong and of courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, the situation for the Lord, your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, okay, we, we may, uh, let's go to some solution uh, if we can here. And there are a few passages in the Bible which we can uh, look at. Uh, uh, would you like to maybe continue, uh, Tracy? Sure, Ephesians uh, makes it quite clear. It says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So we're told the solution is take up the whole armor of God. Mm. And it, another beautiful uh, passage in uh, Ephesians there, uh, uh, if we go some other verses there, if, can, would you like to share? In, uh, well, it explains actually all about the what, armor of God. what is the yeah. armor of God. It talks about being girding your waist with truth. Mm -hmm. So these are all things that need to be part of how we walk, how, how we are living our lives. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. So following in Jesus' footsteps, mm. 
shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So seek wherever you can to be in peace with, with others. Take the shield of faith, and it says to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. So we need a shield. We need that faith in order to be able to defend against the, um, mm. the attacks that will come upon us. Upon us, we need to take the helmet of salvation, be covered in the knowledge that we are saved uh, if we are living our lives for Christ. And um, always carry with ourselves the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Keep the Word of God in our, in our hearts and our minds. So therefore, we're constantly, we've got that, that instrument as a means of defense. Mm. Our time is going very quickly, uh, guys. But um, uh, David, uh, you have a thought on this uh, passage uh, we just read? Yes, indeed. Well, seeing as we are speaking about the narrow way and the narrow gate, let's mm. just perhaps conclude with these words from John chapter 10 where Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. So once again, this uh, agricultural metaphor, and there's a narrow gate through which the shepherd will pass or through which the sheep will pass, uh, and Jesus is the gate, it says here. So I wonder if some of the listeners are feeling, well, it's all too hard. How can I follow this narrow path? How can I be an obedient and and good-hearted person? Well, um, no one is saved because they do good things. Mm. We are brought into fellowship with God through the free gift of salvation, and it's Jesus who is the gate. So Beautiful. when we're looking for that narrow gate, it is it is not a physical gate. It's a person. Mm. Mm. It's Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So as we place our trust in him, we enter in to the pasture. What a lovely thought that is. Mm. So, And to know the way is to know Jesus. Exactly. Because too often probably we can create that narrow way with all sorts of things. And people used to do all, all sorts of penitences and other things mm. just to make themselves right and righteous and so on. But how easy it is just to know Jesus. Well, that's the only thing. Isn't and it? to follow Jesus, way. you know, to do what Jesus expects us to do. Yes. Uh, Alan, um, you did a very good job here with uh, presenting the book. We have quite a few requests there. And by the way, another Alan requesting the book there. Hello, Alan. It's good to see that you are uh, still listening with us. I think I met Alan not uh, that long. Um, but can you just share with us very briefly again the book which we're offering today? Yes, the book's entitled Sharing Jesus is Everything. In this small book with a big impact, you will learn the real reasons behind the calling of every Christian to share his or her faith. Alejandro Bouillon recovers an ancient biblical method of spiritual growth so that every believer can apply it in his or her own life. And you will discover the true benefit of outreach for yourself and for your church. Send us a text message with the code SA79 and this book is yours. Tracy, let's just in a few words uh, conclude today. What would you like to say? I think it's people need to be prepared. They, they need to study to be convinced of the right way. They need to ensure they're clothed in the armor of God. Prepare yourself mentally ahead of time. Know that you're going to have some difficult times. And so be prepared. Know that you've got God as your, um, 
ally there, your your guide. Don't expect it to all be roses, but be hopeful but realistic about this world of sin. Mm. Tell others. Telling about the Lord deepens our own conviction, I think, and stay on the narrow path. It leads to the fulfillment of all the wonderful promises of God about salvation and eternity. That's what I want, and I want that all for the listeners as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing, Tracy and David and Alan. Good to have you with us in the studio here. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for providing for us our Lord Jesus Christ, which is the true way. Uh, because he said, I am the way. And uh, help us, Lord, to uh, engage ourselves uh, on this uh, path uh, to know Jesus more and more. And be with us as we go through uh, things in life and help us to commit ourselves to you in everything what we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's all for from us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Please come again. We are going to continue uh, on the Drive Time BQ&A, the Bible, the church, and the environment. It will be two big weeks because we're talking about uh, environment. Whose responsibility is the environment? That will be the next question. Until then, may God richly bless you and have a wonderful, safe walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Men's feet get pushed around and turn the other cheek. I want to be more like him every day in every way. So little time he took for himself, he was more concerned for As tears of pain fell from his eyes He prayed for those who had him crucified I want to be more like him